The Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The NFL is back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in Daily Fantasy DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at $1 million in top prize and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss the extra special Week 1 bonus as well. Use the promo code SGP to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That code again is SGP and only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, hello there and welcome back in to the latest edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely your somewhat capable host. I am about to enlist the help of some guests. Help straighten me out. Number one on what's up with Canelo Alvarez as the most recognized name really worldwide in boxing, is still not fighting in 2020. We're going to delve into why and why he so desperately wants to get away from Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions and the DAZN streaming service, so much so that he's followed Judge Wapner's advice. Don't take matters into your own hands. Just take them to court. That's exactly what he has done. Remember the People's Court back in the 80s and the early 90s? It used to be a much bigger deal. Well, that's what Canelo has done. He has gone to federal court and is suing uh, De La Hoya and DeZone to get out of his deal. More on that in a little bit on the podcast with a special guest with a legal uh, background and sports contract insight as well. So uh, I look forward to talking with Dan Lust, an attorney, a uh, litigation attorney, and uh, he's got a he's got a sports uh, law background and a lot of interest in sports. So I look forward to talking with him about the ramifications of this. What does Canelo hope to accomplish? What is DAZN going to do in response? As we still, at the time that we're taping uh, this podcast, have yet to hear from them since the Tuesday lawsuit was filed for Canelo. So again, Dan Lust coming up straight ahead here in just a couple of moments on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Then Marquise Johns will be back with me, the senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. I'll get his thoughts on the Canelo lawsuit. Top-ranked boxing rolling out a slate of fights for October in their Las Vegas bubble. That will include the lightweight showdown, one of the most anticipated fights of the remainder of 2020 here in the final four months of the year. Uh, the long-awaited COVID-19 delayed Vasali Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez, unified world lightweight title fight. It's essentially the undisputed lightweight title. The whole WBC shenanigans about whether Lomachenko is actually their champion or not, he's their champion. He won the belt a year ago. He's not vacated the belt. He also has the WBO title. He also has the WBA title. 
Lopez has the IBF championship. This is essentially undisputed lightweight territory here. October 17th, that fight will be in the Vegas bubble. So the top-ranked slate also has Emmanuel Navarrete of Mexico, a hard-hitting knockout artist, former WBO junior uh, featherweight champ. Uh, he's on the slate coming in October. We'll talk with Marquise about all of those fighters, get his thoughts on what he likes most about those cards. And then speaking of cards, we've got a couple of fight cards this weekend. I- I'm never going to come in here and try to oversell you, much less lie to you. Not exactly thrilling stuff worldwide this weekend, but we've had we've had some good action here over the last three or four weeks and the additions of the Big Fight Weekend podcast to bring you. This is just okay stuff in the Vegas bubble where the welterweight Edigius uh, Kavalaskis, mean machine, will headline for top rank. The former Lithuanian Olympian, the guy that challenged Terrence Crawford for the WBO welterweight title last December. We'll get Marquise's thoughts on his fight and the co-main event. Uh, that is also uh, going to take place um, uh, that has uh, Joette Gonzalez in the co-main event, a guy that uh, is an up-and-comer out of the featherweight division. So look forward to talking with Marquise about those fights. Also in England, in the U.K., Anthony Yard, very interesting light heavyweight contender, challenged unsuccessfully against Sergey Kovalev uh, back last fall for the light heavyweight title. Uh, He has got 18 knockouts in 19 wins. He's going to headline a Queensberry Promotions card in London. Marquise will have thoughts on that card and that fight coming up as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And a reminder, no matter how you found us, through a social media link, through our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows, uh, whether you found us uh, somehow, someway off the website, off bigfightweekend.com, subscribe. And the new podcast will come to you mainly in the preview mode uh, prior to the weekend action. We come up with Big Fight Weekend previews. Sometimes, if it's big enough, we'll have recap podcasts as well. But all you got to do is subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. You'll get the very latest edition of the show if you subscribe. And by the way, if you have subscribed, rate us and review us. Because that way, more will find uh, all of us here on BigFightWeekend.com. So subscribe to the show. Rate us, review us. It moves us up in the rankings. Uh, Some of you have been taking part of that and and doing that. Keep doing it. Keep spreading the word about the Big Fight Weekend podcast. With that out of the way, let's talk a lot about Canelo and this nasty, ugly, off uh, the ring, out of the ring situation now going to court and suing Golden Boy Promotions and DAZN to get out of his deal. When will Canelo be fighting next? Let's mix it up with our guests as we get rolling here on Big Fight Weekend and the podcast. As I mentioned, I put a bat signal up uh, trying to get a little legal help, a little analysis, bum bum, like uh, law and order here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And look who answered the call. Dan Lust, uh, who is uh, Sports Law Lust on Twitter, uh, he is a litigation attorney. I enjoy uh, any and all uh, insight and analysis on the legal part of sports. And and so Dan has uh, has carved out a little bit of a niche right now as a sports uh, legal analyst and contract law and those kind of things. So when the Canelo Alvarez lawsuit came out, I said, I got to find a guest for the podcast. I got to find it. And Dan Lust answered on the bat signal and on the uh, on the red phone. Dan, thank you. Welcome to the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and I appreciate you spending some time with me here going over what Canelo and uh, Oscar De La Hoya and the DAZN streaming service is up to. Keep the plastic silverware away from them. They may be trying to stab each other, Dan. How you feeling? I'm good, TJ. My, my pleasure to jump on with you. There's a lot to unpack here, uh, so uh, I'm happy to break this down with you. It's a loaded, loaded lawsuit. <laughs> okay, so it's a 24-page filing by Canelo earlier this week in California Federal Court, Southern California Federal Court. Uh, my first question is, he named about everybody other than Santa Claus and the janitor at the federal courthouse in the lawsuit. What do you make of, of Alvarez's attorneys suing Oscar De La Hoya, the individual, so, suing Golden Boy Promotions, suing the DAZN streaming service. He's suing everybody, Dan. What do you make of that? So a couple things. First of all, TJ, fortunately, he left you and I out of the lawsuit. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. Yes. Um, fortunately, us and Santa Claus, the only three people in the country. Um, so a, a couple things. There is something in the law called uh, the requirement to join all necessary parties. So my understanding is that although the lawsuit is against, you know, DAZN, DAZN, 
Um, there is a personal services contract directly with Golden Boy. So I understand that tie-in. Uh, and then, you know, uh, to the extent that you had forgot to provide uh, all necessary parties, you know, DAZN could move to dismiss on a what's called a claim for failure to join all necessary parties. So as attorneys, we tell you you're better off to sue more than less just in case you get a kick. And I will, I will tell you one other point of this, um, which I think is important. The reason you would sue someone individually, usually, you know, uh, as you know, Delahoya as the CEO of Golden Boy, he's going to be protected, protected by the corporate form. So, you know, the company is going to protect them, right? Insurance is going to protect them. The only time you can pierce this corporate veil and get to someone individually um, is if there is some type of allegation of fraud or some type of uh, someone's intermingling company funds or something like that. So, you know, he's, uh, no, we'll say uh, no pun intended, um, but Alvarez is going for the jugular here. He's uh, he's coming in, uh, throwing some haymakers here. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Now, here's the interesting part that is the biggest key. He wants to fight. He's not fought at all in 2020. This The end game here is he wants to be separated from De La Hoya, the promoter, and disown the streaming service. He doesn't like either one of them right now. And I'm just curious, explain this further to the audience. I know a little bit about the law, enough to be dangerous. Why did he not try to get some kind of injunctive relief, an injunction that says, this contract doesn't apply to me, I want to go do a deal with somebody else? What about that part of it, Dan? Help us understand that. I mean, he could have. So the, so just for those that are following these various lawsuits, you, you could file an injunction like we're seeing in the college football landscape. Nebraska players filed for an injunction to try to save uh, the Big Ten season. Um, you could do that, or you could file, separately file a suit for monetary damages. He could do that, right? He's basically, um, what he's going to argue is he's been forced to breach this contract. He's been forced to kind of step outside. So it's an 11-fight deal. They're supposed to be exclusive you know, to DAZN. In theory, right, if I'm his attorney, maybe I want to file what's called a declaratory judgment action and just try to get out of this deal right away that, that you know, DAZN, you know, breached the contract or Golden Boy breached the contract. He could have done that. But, um, you know, I think just for if you're trying to win a war in the media, right, if you're not actually trying to get out of this deal, but you, you just want your, you know, terms paid, <laughs> you make a splashy term, you say, I want $280 million. I'm not trying to file an injunction and stop this. Pay me my money. I want $280 million. So, I think it's a battle of the media. This is a, it's a huge number, um, and I think it's a little messy. The allegations, whether there's premier fighters involved, whether who had you know consent to uh, you know approve fighters and whatnot. I don't think the issues are, are so clear, but uh, it does send a huge statement when you slap a you know a three hundred fifty billion dollar lawsuit you know on the middle of a, a slow news day on Tuesday. I, I think you know in that sense, I think Canelo Alvarez is winning the headlines in that sense, and we'll see you know what comes up in the answer. But uh, that's a reason to do it. The injunction is just to stop something. A you know a nine figure lawsuit speaks volumes. No doubt about that. Dan Lust with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. He's got his own sports law podcast, Conduct Detrimental. Find the Conduct Detrimental podcast as well with the sports law stuff. He's trying to help us with some insight on Canelo Alvarez's federal lawsuit that he filed in California earlier this week, wanting to divorce himself. I'm not going to sing the old country song D-I-V-O-R-C-E. I'm not going to sing it. Uh, he wants to be divorced from Oscar De La Hoya's promotional outfit and the DAZN streaming service. Uh, okay, so uh, g- give me an educated uh, answer here from uh, from the armchair. What do we think? And they, they may have already done it by the time you're hearing us on the podcast. DAZN and Golden Boy may have legally responded. At the time that we're taping, Dan and I don't know what that response is, but we anticipate there will be one. What do you anticipate they will do? Because one of the things in talking to a couple of other legal friends and, and enough that I know about this is they may countersue and answer some of this stuff. Do you anticipate that's forthcoming from, from Golden Boy Promotions and DAZN that they may countersue right back at Canelo Alvarez and answer this? That's, I think, what the legal move would be. So DAZN, uh, you know, there's a prior report from a, a couple months back at this point, but that, uh, you know, they were alleging him, you know, not obviously in court or anything, but saying that he was violating the terms of his deal by not coming forward with his own premier opponent. I think by all indications, that was supposed to be Triple G as, as DAZN, I think, wanted this type of trilogy fight and um it just doesn't seem like alvarez wanted to have that and he's presenting uh various fighters that i guess didn't live up to the zones um you know uh, what they wanted in terms of buy rates so uh yeah i I, i'm not under i mean obviously it's in the zone's interest to have alvarez fight um if alvarez is coming forward with lesser opponents right uh, maybe it's not that fair 
that he's going to get paid $35 million for all these lesser opponents. So obviously there's been some uh, breach of, um, you know, say, uh, we'll say a misstep in communications, um, but it's not in the zone's interest to have Alvarez sit on the sidelines, you know, since November of 2019. So obviously there's something going on behind the scenes in terms of approval for a, a quality level fighter. So I, I think that's probably the move. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to say DeZone is trying to get him uh, to fight. Obviously, the pandemic is, is stopping a few things. And I should say Golden Boys, in, in, uh, in their response, did happen to say that they have a, a right to not have a fight while there are no fans that can attend. So, um, you know, we're, we, I've been talking about this for the last couple of months. All these various force majeure clauses that could come into play without fans. Uh, that might be another reason here why uh, DAZN can counter sue and say, listen, we, we had the right uh, and, and Golden Boys had the right not to have any fights during the pandemic. If we had one, uh, that would be gratuitous on our part. We didn't have any obligation to do so. So what you've done here is uh, prematurely breached this contract, uh, you know, by stepping out and suing us and refusing to fight. So I think a counter suit is very much in play. Uh, and again, you know, we fight cases in court, but we also fight them in the media. And that's a way to, you know, give them that uh, that one two punch right back. Maybe. And again, it's a mess for Golden Boy because they've come back with one fight card at this point, essentially of their own promotion. They only have a couple of more scheduled the rest of the year. And the one fight card was without fans, to your point. Um, and look, we get all of this and we don't have to go on uh, for 10 more minutes and go over all of the backstory on this. But essentially, DeZone did this deal, Dan, because they wanted a third fight with Canelo and Triple G and with Gennady Golovkin to have been even a year ago, not not even 2020, 2019. They wanted a third fight. Uh, and that's the reason why they put this astronomical deal in place for Alvarez to join up with them. So that fight hasn't happened. And, and Alvarez in the filing is basically saying uh, that, hey, uh, DeZone and Golden Boy were conspiring to, to make this fight with Triple G. And I have approval. I, I'm, I'm, again, paraphrasing their legal filing. I have approval. And if I don't want to fight him, I don't have to fight him. That's what they're saying to the judge. Um in this so that's that's fascinating and we'll see what the answer might or might not be isn't the most likely outcome that that you do something like this and you're trying to bring the other side of the table shake them up and they work something out whether he gets to walk away canelo we're talking about for a certain amount of money whether they come to an agreement on who that premium fighter is or what qualifies it, just speculate with me here. Isn't that part of this motivation, maybe, that, that uh, the two yeah. sides leave it out of the courts? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so, I mean, in October 2018 is, is when Alvarez did his deal, and then Triple G did his deal with his own in March of 2019. So since March of 2019, right, the first two fights, uh, you know, of the, the, the first two of what would have been a trilogy were with HBO. And I imagine, right, when they signed Triple G and they have Alvarez under the same DAZN, uh, title that they are w- want them to be together for this trilogy fight. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting and maybe telling that there were two other fights in May and November with uh, with Jacobs and Kovalev that Alvarez had done. Um, I, I just happen to think, right, if if I, I imagine, right, the first fight that Triple G should you know could have had, or maybe the second fight under under the the zone label would have been with Alvarez, of all things considered. So maybe even the Jacobs fight and the Kovalev fight were were concessions that were made on the zone's part, and maybe they said, you know what. We, we've now had three fights with you under our label. We're ready for the big one, right? We're ready for our big return to boxing. There's not going to be no fans here, so we need a big name. It's time for Triple G. So maybe um, at the end of the day, this is a, a smart maneuver by Alvarez, and he could be calling their bluff uh, and saying, you know, I, I, I'm ready to fight anybody else but Triple G. And who knows? Maybe, you know, we're obviously just speculating behind the scenes, but that's what we do as attorneys. We, we're allowed to file a lawsuit just like, you know, Alvarez has done here. Uh, and then, you know, no one asks you to prove your case on day one. You're entitled to discovery. And then you could ask these questions, right? You can have a deposition really, you know, like they do on, uh, on Law & Order, like you said, the, the fancy <laughs> music. They put you on the stand and they ask you the hard-hitting questions. So, um, you know, this is not a criminal case. This is a nine-figure, nine you know, multi-multi-million dollar lawsuit. So, um, you know, discovery is, is a very big deal. And you don't normally settle cases uh, after the complaint or the answer, which is the next stage to come from Golden Boy and obviously to Zone. Cases get settled uh, sometimes right on the eve of discovery when people don't want to uh, speak out under oath. So... Uh, we'll see, but I, I think uh, you know there's a lot more to come and a lot more discovery to come. I, I don't know if this is a, a smart call, but it could be very much Alvarez trying to call their bluff and trying to force a fourth fight with someone else uh, without a, a G as uh, his first and last name. Yeah, that's true. He may also very well want to walk away and try to get out of this. Again, as we talk with Dan Lust, he is at Sports Law Lust on social media. He is joining us, a, a litigation attorney with a big sports background and 
uh, a big background on sports law. And so I appreciate him joining me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast uh, here while we go over uh, all of this. And just one more time here, just so that we're clear for everybody that we're going along. He's not, Canelo, in the next week or even in the next month going to get a judge or a jury trial to bang a gavel and say, uh, you you no longer have to be with DeZone and with Oscar De La Hoya if you don't want to. That is just complete fantasy land, isn't it, Dan? We need to make that clear. It is. Had he gone the route of an emergency injunction just to people that follow college football, Nebraska got to see a judge the same day that they filed that lawsuit. That's what emergency injunction does. That's yep. what emergency discovery does. Uh, and mind you, this was filed in California, which uh, is one of the more, uh, we'll say, conservative states <laughs> when it comes to COVID. So this is not going to be proceeding so quickly. Uh, whatever normal timeframes you have on this lawsuit, tack on another six months at a minimum due to, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And, and again, if his intent is to get back in the ring, this is more of the practical business of boxing. His best bet is to work something out with these guys, whether it is to walk away or do a fight with them. But we'll see. We'll see how much he digs in uh, Canelo and his side on this. And I'm very curious on the legal response. I know you're going to be watching this, too. What does DeZone say in response, in countersuit? What does De La Hoya say? Because it's very clear Canelo doesn't want to be promoted by Oscar De La Hoya anymore. They have an icy, awful relationship. He wants to be divorced from both of them, Dan. So the, the response, I'm very intrigued by that to see what it's going to be and when it's going to be. I'll give you one uh, little nugget I saw in one of the articles I was reading. So uh, just Golden Boy, you know, the zone didn't speak to the media. They, re- they refused to, to give any comment. But uh, this is from Golden Boy that they have an equal uh, an equal approval right over Can- uh, Canelo's opponents. So, um, you know, the allegation is that they have, do not have equal say in this. And if Golden Boy is coming out in their only statement to the media, uh, they're saying, you know, we have an equal say in who you can pick. Uh, that's going to give you a decent indication as to uh, what's going to be in their answer. All right, we will find out what that is. And again, I encourage everybody that's hearing Dan Lust to follow him at Sports Law Lust. Uh, particularly, he is mixing it up, talking about put the Dukes up. He is mixing it up on the Big Ten stuff about whether the Big Ten is going to play football. You're all over that. His podcast, again, with his co-hosts is Conduct Detrimental, legal podcast for fans, for betters. Conduct Detrimental is the podcast. Again, he's a litigation attorney specializing in, in sports, loves sports, knows about sports contracts. So I thought, hey, let me put the bat signal up to find out more about this Canelo lawsuit. And Dan answered it and did great. Uh, listen, thank you for the time here uh, with all of this. And if you'll let me bother you again, I look forward to doing it when we see this ain't the end of Canelo versus Oscar and DeZone. We know that for sure, Dan. So I look forward to talking more about this and other law subjects with you. Thank you. You got it. Throw up that bat signal. I'm always there. And once again, we thank Dan Lust, uh, sports uh, Law Lust is the Twitter handle there. Uh, love the love the insight from him, and he's got his own podcast rolling with the sports law background. Appreciate him stopping by, shedding some knowledge here on the whole Canelo Alvarez lawsuit and how that will be resolved again. Marquise Johns will have some thoughts on this. Senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, coming up straight ahead. And plus, Marquise will have insight on the top-ranked boxing fight cards in October and the cards that we have this weekend in Vegas and in London that we'll be previewing in the preview mode. All of that coming up here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. But first, we remind you that Big Fight Weekend on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. It is here, it is here. The NFL season gets underway this week, this weekend. Thursday night football, Sunday games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and MyBookie.ag is offering customers a chance at a great wagering opportunity when are you ever going to get a spread in the nfl where you get 54 points well that's what you've got the chance to do on thursday night for the kansas city chiefs and their game with the houston texans the max bet on any promotion is 50 dollars but you've got a chance to get the texans plus 54 it's a plus 54 spread offer from mybookie.ag it's only six times ever that an NFL team has lost by 54 or more points. 
So make sure you take advantage of this right now. Free money to customers who bet on the game. Again, the maximum you can bet is 50 bucks, but you get 54 points with the Texans for the Thursday night game. Now, if you didn't get a chance to take advantage of that, but you still want to get in on what my bookie has to offer, do it right now. Get in and use the promo code SGP and you'll deposit uh, in your money, and it will be matched up to $1,000. Your first deposit will be matched up to $1,000. You spend $500, they'll put $500 in. You put $750 in, they'll put $750 in themselves. Extra money to bet for the NFL season. They've got live betting going on, whether it's college football, whether it's the NFL games, whether it's the NBA or the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NASCAR, the golf has got the U.S. Open coming. Just take advantage of all the different bets, and it's simple with my bookie. You make your picks, you win big, and you collect your cash. Use that promo code SGP from us at Sports Gambling Podcast. SGP. Double down on your first deposit with that promo code. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. And with football back, including the NFL now back, DraftKings, a leaner in one day. Fantasy sports is putting you in the center of all the action with over $8 million up for grabs on all of their contests. And to kick it all off, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit by using our promo code SGP in the sign-up. So get in now. Again, that's for first-time users only. Use the promo code SGP. Free shot at a $1 million top prize. So again, with the NFL back, set your lineup. Go under the salary cap. Make your moves. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012. They know a thing or two about hard cash. So again, take advantage. Download the DraftKings app now. Use our promo code SGP for a limited time. New users getting that shot at the $1 million top prize. $8 million in prizes across all contests with the promo code SGP. Reminder, a minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. You can see DraftKings.com for more details. Download it now. DraftKings, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember, the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in as we continue along in the month of September. We got fight cards coming up. We got more now on the Canelo lawsuit and the news of the week with the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Love the uh, the insight, the analysis, the humor. Liver shiver tweets as well from Marquise Johns uh, here from BigFightWeekend.com. Weak sauce, good to be back with you. 
Uh, and let's let's pick right up. Uh, good to have you here. Let's pick right up with what we were just talking about with Dan Lust in our last segment, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, sports law lust, uh, the insight on the Canelo lawsuit against Golden Boy and against DeZone, against both of them. He essentially just said at the end of the conversation, there's not a quick resolution right now for Canelo through the courts. Uh, I point blank asked him. It's not like a judge can bang the gavel here in the month of September and free him, or maybe even for the next few months. He's not going to be able to get that from the civil court system in California. All right, so what is your thought about what Canelo is up to? What are his true motives? What do you think about this, Marquise? Absolutely, TJ. And as always, nothing says Mexican Independence Day like Canelo <laughs> Alvarez taking his his True. talents to the legal system and battling that legal ring instead of an actual fight ring right now. Uh, my thinking with Canelo on this is that he's pretty pretty much just going to call the bluff and see what the zone and Golden Boy uh, as he as he lumped them all as a whole with this lawsuit to, to see if they can put either come up with the money for another fight or let him fight whoever he wants to fight next, one way or the other. And it's interesting that this lawsuit, TJ, and, it, and I was talking with folks about this as well, and it brings up a good point with this complaint that came out on Tuesday. It's a 24-page uh, civil lawsuit for over $280 million. That's roughly about a million per five per page. Usually, if it's a, for that much amount of money, TJ, you usually have a lot more uh, uh, trees being chopped down for the complaint books in the legal system. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Um yeah, okay, so you bring up a good point that Canelo was supposed to be in the ring this weekend. That was the whole idea, and 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 week after week after week has gone by, July turning to August, August now to September, that he's not fighting. And so it turns out that the fight is actually a legal fight earlier in the week, a good line by you um, about that. And, uh, okay, so what do you also make of Dan Lust saying here that essentially the next move is DeZone's or, or Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy. And again, at the time we're taping, you may have more of an update on Friday or subsequently that they have answered. Dan believes they're going to answer uh, with their own with their own counter, their own countersuit, trying to enforce the contract. What what do you make of what DeZone's going to do? Because Oscar De La Hoya is clearly pointing the finger at DeZone here on this. But uh, Canelo wants to be separated from both of them. Marquise, what, what do you think about this? I, I think Canelo wants a way out of all, all of this. And he's been arguing with Golden Boy for a minute now at this point. Is it, that being teaching, we've written on that bigfightweekend.com yep. endless, endless stories about these guys going neck and neck at it, Hatfield McCoy style. And that hasn't that's not going to change anytime soon. Lawsuit dropped or not. And I'm thinking with this lawsuit as well, if, 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 if we'll get a response back from the zone one way or another, which is interesting because one, who's looked at the zone to respond back? And two, we'll find out soon. <laughs> Uh, courtesy of the layoffs, we'll, we'll find out who's going to respond back on their end with the legal paperwork. But I'm thinking with the zone, they have to have something in writing on their camp, either verbally or something, saying that at the end of the day, TZ, all this comes down to is that they wanted Canelo to fight Triple G. They signed these both guys to these expensive contract yep. deals to fight exclusively. COVID hit. And now they have to find a way to make money for these guys. And there's no way to make money for these guys in the state of boxing the way it is currently. So here we are. Yes. And I really do think that's going to be somewhere written down the line. We're on at some point of these countersuits from the zone whenever they. Uh, okay, the so so, but let's go back to one point that's important here as we talk with Marquise Johns about this Canelo Alvarez lawsuit. And again, this is the most prominent fighter worldwide. You could maybe make the argument now that Tyson Fury uh, has maybe taken that over as the new WBC heavyweight champion. Certainly more so than Anthony Joshua Fury having beaten Deontay Wilder in the United States. But Canelo probably. Probably worldwide is the most prominent fighter who hasn't fought all year, who's suing the legendary Hall of Fame promoter that he had such a relationship with, trying to get away from him. They can't stand each other, by the yeah. way. And and he's and he's being held figurative hostage here on being able to fight and, and wants to try to get back in the ring and DeZone is squabbling with him. Uh, about it. So this is a big deal to keep talking about this for a couple more minutes, and then I promise we're going to get to the action in the ring eventually yeah. uh, here in a minute or two. Uh, but I understand the point of view that says you're in the middle of a pandemic. We have no live gate to pay you, and so we can't pay you $35 million to fight. Again, I have a source that said to me back in August, he's not going to be the first one to take the discount. He is not going to take half the prize money before Fury takes half the prize money or Terrence Crawford takes half the prize money or name one. Anthony Joshua takes half the prize money. 
Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be the first one. So on the back and forth, I understand DeZone's point of view that they want him to take the discount, but I guess he has the right to sit back and say, I'm not going to take that discount right now. I'm going to hold firm. This is what I get paid for these fights. Absolutely, TJ. And I think what what came out in this lawsuit that I think has been slightly underlooked on all of this is that in that fight contract, his very first fight he had with his DeZone contract against Rocky Felding, he took the discount for $15 million bucks. So that's written in the complaint. Interesting, interesting. yes. And on the back end of this, now they're saying when he, they came up for the recently, as you mentioned before, how he wanted to take a second pay cut because of everything going on. They wanted him to take significantly less money, and they offered him to pay for it, TJ, in stocks and IPOs, <laughs> not totaling enough that, for the fight itself. And, TJ, me and you have watched enough American Greed on CNBC to know oh. when you're paying your employees in stocks and bonds and not— Wait a minute. Wait fish. a minute. I can hear Stacy Keach, the narrator of American Greed on CNBC cable in the United States. I can hear him in the background about, he took the money and he took off. <laughs> you know, one of, one, of, one of those. I can hear one of those lines. Uh, so, uh yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, I understand both points of view, and, and Canelo just wants to get in in the ring uh, here at this point. We can both agree that a, a matchup more so with Callum Smith as opposed to Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith is regarded uh, as the unified 168-pound champion. He won the World Boxing Super Series uh, tournament. That, I mean, you can have this argument about premium opponents. That's about as good as it gets at 168 right now. Yes. I think there's a stronger argument for Callum Smith than the American Caleb Plant as the IBF champion for Canelo. That, that, I mean, to me, I understand that they were trying to make that deal. And if Canelo wants to argue that a Callum Smith fight is a premium opponent, I'm buying that, Marquise. What about you? So am I, and what makes it even funnier about that athletic story about Coppinger put out a couple of days ago about these this whole premium opponent things is it makes it's kind of head scratching, TJ. Because even I think me and you joked about this when I was on with you last podcast talking about Canelo possibly facing Oscar De La Hoya. Like <laughs> they consider that a premium opponent, but the actual unified title holder isn't. It's it's all right. So so the forty seven year old yeah right a forty <laughs> exactly a forty seven year old who hasn't fought in a decade would be considered yeah. essentially a premium opponent, uh, and yet uh, you know some of these other guys that are young, unbeaten, contending, you know if not champs would not be very strange deal. Gut feeling from you. Is all the legal posturing, all the hype, the court of public opinion, get the media on your side, get the fans riled up to eventually get DeZone to agree to pay him close to what he needs to pay, uh, what he what he wants to, to receive, and we will eventually see Canelo in the ring like in November and December. They'll figure something out, he will fight, or do you think on the converse, he ain't fighting for the next four months, forget it? I think, TJ, at the end of the day, because I bring this back to a previous lawsuit that happened earlier in the year, actually not early in the year, late last year for the World Boxing Super Series final at uh, Super Lightweight with, with Josh Taylor and Regis Progress because Regis Progress filed a lawsuit right. uh, wanting the money up for that, and, and he was going to pretty, pretty much hold that fight hostage for all. But surprisingly, in 72 hours, all of that went away and the fight was on, and we all okay, saw Regis so looking crazy let's, let's be Let's be um, – clear on what happened with that that was Lou DeBella his then promoter he's no longer his promoter Uh saying to Regis hey we're not moving forward with fighting this fight unless they demonstrate the uh, the funding behind the WBSS the World Boxing Super Series that they have the money in the bank to guarantee your purse for that fight and right now they haven't put the money in the bank so we don't know that they have it and I don't want you to go fight and they, especially over in the UK, and they suddenly tell you we only have half your purse or worse, 40% of your purse. They need yeah. to demonstrate. So they went to New Jersey court, I believe, and said, yes. we're suing for breach here because they missed the deadline to demonstrate they have the money for the purse in this instance. And as you said, then suddenly there was the money for the purse deposited in the account and all was worked out. So you believe there could be a possibility here that he drops the civil action because DeZone comes correct, if you will, and says, we'll give you $25 million or $30 million to go fight Callum Smith. Uh, you could, that could happen. You think that could likely happen? 
I think it's likely to happen, TJ, only on the principle that the zone needs some sort of big fight to stay afloat one way or another because they're on shoestrings now, as it seems. And uh, that, that latest proposal offer that was written into complaint, I, to it, to Canelo's defense, that's not good enough. So it, it's it's a lot of legal posturing and a lot of chess and checkers. I really think Canelo's going to call her bluff on this and we'll have, we'll, we'll have a fight one way or the other. Okay, maybe a fight. Maybe he sits. We we will soon uh, learn more about that in the coming days and coming weeks. What's the legal response? Uh, and I guess one more variable. Do you buy into what I was talking to Dan Lust about again from Sports Law Lust and the uh, and the legal coverage, the legal aspect of things um, that that maybe here ultimately Canelo accepts X, whatever X is and is allowed to walk away, or maybe DAZN and Golden Boy say, you know what, you can walk away if you want to. I can't imagine that Golden Boy would want to do that, but DAZN might be willing to just say, you know what, you want to walk away? We'll let bygones be bygones. The contract's null and void. Let's tear it up. You can walk away and do a deal with somebody else. That would come on on the principle, TJ, if anyone has that amount of money in this neck of the times to pay for Canelo. Which DAZN, which can I interject? DAZN knows nobody else is giving him $35 million nobody, per fight. Nobody else is giving him $25 million or probably $20 million 20, yeah. per fight. So maybe that's the ultimate resolution here. We don't have to give you any more, DAZN, but you don't get any more from us. You can walk away. And by the way, good luck getting $20, 25000000 million a fight from anybody else right now. Absolutely, and, and especially in this neck of the woods in time where a lot of there's there's no fan revenue for Gates, right. so I don't know how people are just come because drop just twenty million bucks on on a Canelo fight, knowing that they can't recoup that back unless there's some sort of weird overpriced pay per view or some sort of or some sort of creative financing, as I like to call it, on the other back end of it. Yep, that's the voice of Marquise Johns, Week Sauce Radio. TJ Reeves with you. It is the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. We're coming down the home stretch, headed to a weekend of fights. Uh, that look, I I would love to uh, inflate this and act like there are thrilling matchups. There are not, but we'll go over a couple <laughs> no, of the fight cards all. in a couple of minutes. Now, to <laughs> that end, top rank boxing. One final one subject before we talk about the fights. Top rank boxing did announce their October slate earlier this week for the bubble in Las Vegas. The top rank fights, and there are some excellent names and matchups, not the least of which is the Lomachenko Lopez World Unification Lightweight Championship fight. Uh, that will be taking place October 17th. The Friday night before that, eight days before that, Emmanuel Navarrete, uh, the former WBO junior featherweight champion, one of the great knockout fighters right now in championship boxing. He is slated to move up and fight for the WBO's vacant 126-pound title in the main event. So you've got you've got several interesting fights coming in the top-ranked bubble as main events in October. What, uh, give me a few words on this, Marquise. This is a pretty solid fight card from uh, top rank coming up uh, for October, just up and down the line. I'm a big fan, TJ, of Ruben Villa in that Navarrete fight for that vacant WBO belt that Stevenson dropped off and when he moved up in weight. That That's going to be interesting. That's off. Of course, everyone and her grandma, especially with Lomachenko Lopez being on three ESPN TV, they're going to make that a big deal yep. because a fight of that magnitude hasn't been on pretty much free basic cable and ever so it's going to be that's going to be a big hullabaloo as well so it's interesting as well with top ring with these espn cars is that it also guarantees tj because there's not as much college football this year to go around right to invest more money on espns and on boxing that's what this shows to me on there and because this time last year uh these top rank cars were buried after either you know second tier big 10 football or a Syracuse football game that no one would watch. You know, it's, they're, they're, it would always be smuggled down. Like the World Championship fight TJ I was at with Philadelphia last year, I had to apparently half people didn't see it because it was behind Syracuse Boston College and it overran. So there's none of that this year in the way to deflect on all this. So they're, they're going to put boxing in the forefront. Outside of the usual basketball coverage and football and everything else, so I'm looking forward to this fight card from Top Rank. Yep, they've got them. They've got them coming every weekend in October, all from the bubble in Las Vegas without fans. But you've got some marquee names that are finally coming uh, here as things loosen up a little bit. All right, so let's get to the fights uh, this weekend. The top ranked card in the bubble uh, is a welterweight. Uh, main event, a co-main event of featherweights. The co-main event of featherweights is Miguel Mariaga and Joette Gonzalez. Gonzalez is the up-and-comer uh, here who had been 23-0 and until Shakur Stevenson beat him 
uh, for his lone loss. Mariaga has been a contender. He's been in there with Lomachenko and lost to him. He's won some fights since losing to Lomachenko in 2017. Just uh, some insight on the co-main event that's going to be on ESPN Plus Saturday night from Vegas. Absolutely, TJ. The big thing with this fight is uh, Mariaga's been the guy, unfortunately, uh, usually when it comes to these ESPN top-ranked shows, been on the losing end in, in either a spectacular fashion and a highlight reel for Lomachenko or just outboxed uh, like against Oscar Valdez. It's going to be interesting to see how he looks against Joel Gonzalez, who's a guy that's on his way up, overcoming a tough loss where he was outboxed by Shakira Stevenson for the, t- that, the title that he eventually dropped that, that Navarrete is challenging for against Villa in October. So I'm looking forward to seeing on that end how either one guy is on his way out, one way out supposedly one guy's on the way up to see which one sticks out all right so that's that part of the card and then the mean machine Edigius Kavalaskis. I, I did my best with the name uh against uh Mikhail Zuski uh that that is a vowel and consonant special for uh Joe Tessitore Tim Bradley and Andre Ward to master for the main event call <laughs> Kavalaskis, best known as mean machine and mean machine was in there with Terrence Crawford uh, in his last fight, and so Mean Machine would love to somehow get back in the welterweight picture. Uh, tell us more. Give us a little more insight on the top-ranked main event. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, Kavalaska's coming off that uh, loss to Crawford, where he was game for the first part of it, actually. Technically, almost got a knockdown in the third round, TJ. You can make a case he did. Uh, but by about the fifth round, you saw Terrence Crawford take over, and, and that was the end of it by the seventh. So he's coming back to get back into the title picture for that belt for the WBO, because actually one of the liner notes of this fight, TJ, it's for a regional WBO uh, NABF welter title. <laughs> so so eventually what that means, guys, for those who follow the bouncing ball, that's going to put him back into the rankings list somewhere down the line. And if anyone who's checked the, the uh, WBO rankings list, that 147 for Terrence Crawford and opponents, you know how important that is and he's going against michael zaleski who is pretty much haven't fought in about a while actually in a little big time canadian prospect just hasn't pan out or just faced any elite competition so this is a big step up for him as well coming over from canada uh taking on cavalocity yet as we all know the i learned from the crawford special the two-time olympian from lithuania so this well the interesting part about this fight tj isn't exactly the fight itself it's to see what version of cavalocity everyone's going to see if it's the one we're going to see against crawford that was game for a fight or the one that questionably lost a draw to not the real new Ray Robinson back in Philadelphia mm. last year as well. All right. So we'll see which one we get. All right, and again, for our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, we're on with them on their fleet of shows uh, here in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we would love to tell you again that there's great intrigue and odds. You can, if you're a degenerate, I guess, you can look at both of these fights, Mariaga, Gonzalez, Kavalaskis, and Zuski. Uh, here, if you if you want to get down on the fights, and Kavalaskis is obviously slightly favored uh, to get the win as the more noteworthy fighter on that one. Also interesting that earlier in the day, the Queensberry Promotions card in London, in the UK, is Anthony Yard, the light heavyweight contender, who uh, he rattled Sergey Kovalev last fall. Uh, had him hurt in Russia with a chance to capture the light heavyweight title, the WBO light heavyweight title, before Kovalev rallied and knocked him out with one big straight left hand. That's Yard's only loss. Yard has fought since that loss and scored another knockout uh, in February. He's got 19 wins as a light heavyweight Yard, the Brit, and has 18 KOs. Again, we can't hype that it's a great matchup. Tell me more about Dex Spellman, who's the who's the other fighter. Uh, again, this is a fight without fans in the BT uh, Sports Studios in London. But Yard is a light heavyweight prospect that is looking to get back on the biggest stage here and would love to be impressive in this fight, right? Absolutely, TJ. And uh, for Yard, this is a, his get back since that 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 impressive. Well, I don't, there's no such thing as an impressive loss, but that tough loss to uh, Sergey Kovalev, where pretty much he was jabbed to sleep in the, back in uh, last September. And that was last August, actually, uh, with that fight. And with this fight was well with uh, him taking on Dex Spillman, who is 16 and four. Uh, it's Dex Spillman was on the first Queensberry card back from the bubble that even Frank Warren couldn't get into uh, because of the uh, limited capacity back in the UK at the time. So he's in action on this fight, pretty much to get some rounds in against Yarde. It's interesting, TJ, as well with Yarde. How does he, how does he rebound from this uh, facing a actual step up in competition? The last guy he fought was before COVID hit against uh, Diego uh, Yahir Ramirez, and uh, <laughs> I, that and, and those who have seen, haven't seen that video on YouTube, he is a. I like the I like it's with what the announcers would call a 55 uh, fight 
game veteran TJ because he's four forty eight and three. So it's one of those kind of fights. Oh so my we'll gosh! Yeah, somebody's so we'll record he... is actually four forty eight and three, and they let him fight a thirtieth loss and a thirty fifth loss and a fortieth loss. That's just remarkable about boxing. Hard find, just hard to find good help these days. <laughs> oh wow! And so Yard took care of him in a couple of rounds. And do we anticipate if anybody's looking to wager? He's a big knockout guy. Interesting that Yard, by the way, does not spar. That is still his big thing. He is not a sparring guy. Uh, he and his trainers, his his uh, tacticians, do not believe in sparring as much as they do technique. That's it's it's different, but that that is still his training method. He doesn't do the traditional sparring with sparring partners. Uh, they go through different simulations of rounds for three minutes with stances and angles and different stuff, but he doesn't actually spar. Uh, it's odd, Marquise. It's rare, and then a lot of people criticize that it's holding him back. It's holding him back from developing. That may be the case, TJ, but he's facing a guy in Dexmoon who's lost two straight, so I don't think sparring is going to really affect him too much with this one. And there's also with, with Dex Spillman, this is a, a level of comp- – it's the, the classic cliche of level of competition that Spillman's face compared to what Yard has faced. Yard on a, on a day where he didn't apparently was gassed out at the end of that Kovalev fight is probably going to get by easily. <laughs> Spillman, nonetheless, is this when he gets down the line to back to that championship level? We'll probably re- revisit this conversation and see how about that training method will, will change out. Well, yep, we'll see if he does. So again, that's earlier in the day, U.S. time, prime time in London in the U.K. for Anthony Yard in the main event. And again, we'll get some better fights uh, coming later on in the month. But again, you can check out the odds at mybookie.ag, one of the sponsors that we have through the Sports Gambling Podcast on what's going on with these fights. There'll be a little bit more competitive 50-50 battles like we're talking about at the end of this month and in October, and we look forward to bringing you that. Marquise, we are, we are out of time virtually here on the podcast. Did I leave anything else out that you want to share with the audience as we wrap up and head to this weekend on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast? Did we cover pretty much everything? We pretty much cover everything, TJ. Just keep an eye out on the uh, top-ranked show on Saturday because it actually is going to be on ESPN proper, which is strange considering that the last weekend's card with Jamil Herring was on ESPN Plus, but they're putting this one on ESPN. It's kind of a, kind of <laughs> kind of screwy. And don't 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 know who scheduled that part of this program, right? Up. But nonetheless, that's gonna that's what's going on with this fight card. But there's one undercard fight that I want to mention: uh, Anthony Chavez taking on Aiden Gonzalez. Aiden Gonzalez is one of those guys at Super Featherweight that just comes in and either is either disruptive your prospect or ruin your prospect. He's the guy last year, TJ, who uh, upset Robesy Ramirez in his top-ranked debut and got the revenge uh, back uh, later on in one of these bubble shows. But that's one of the guys to keep an eye on the undercard. Outside of that, that's pretty much everything. And what weight for Chavez? Uh, super feather. He's a super featherweight. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that on the undercard as well. Again, Mean Machine is the main event. Cavalascus uh, there for that ESPN card on Saturday night. That will pretty much do it. Uh, we appreciate, again, Dan Lust's insight, Sports Law Lust on Twitter. Uh, check him out uh, there for that, for the insight on the Canelo lawsuit. Uh, we also thank Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Uh, follow us at Big Fight Weekend, and however you found the show, again, subscribe via Apple Podcast, via Spotify, Google Podcast. Subscribe. The show comes automatically to you. Again, thanks to our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network feed of shows for helping uh, pump us up. Rate and review the show, too. There are more people that are finding the show. Rate us and review us, and more people will be able to see it and uh, and be able to... Uh, subscribe themselves to the podcast and find out about it if you love the sport. Marquise, thank you. Enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks a lot. Marquise Johns with me. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy all of the fisticuffs that are coming this weekend in Vegas, England, and elsewhere. We write all about it on BigFightWeekend.com and talk all about it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.